My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bundjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Just a warning before we start this episode, we'll be discussing mental health and eating disorders. If you need to talk to someone, you can call the Butterfly Foundation helpline on 1-800-334-673. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Tuesday the 30th of May. I'm Zara. And I'm Nina. The federal government has announced they'll be spending $70 million on research and treatment for eating disorders and childhood mental health. But with eating disorders on the rise with young people, is that funding enough? Does it meet the need? Well, of course not. Nowhere near it. It's going to take time and consistent investment to start to bring equity to the situation. In today's deep dive, we'll talk to director of the Inside Out Institute, Dr. Sarah Maguire, about how we're dealing with eating disorders at the moment and what needs to change. But first, the headlines. There was some big news from our Western Australia friends. Mark McGowan has announced he'll be stepping down as Premier of WA. McGowan has been Premier since 2017 and has led the WA Labor Party to two successful elections. He provided the reason of just being totally exhausted when he announced his resignation. The role of political leadership doesn't stop. It's relentless. It comes with huge responsibility that is all-consuming each and every day. Now is the right time to step away from the job that I have loved. Nine partners from PwC have been asked to take immediate leave in the wake of the firm's alleged improper use of confidential government information. The Australian Federal Police launched a criminal investigation into this alleged sharing of information last week, with PwC directing some of its senior leadership to go on leave while an independent investigation gets underway. And if you want more on that story, you can listen to the deep dive we put out yesterday. President Erdogan in Turkey has won the country's runoff election. So that was a second election that followed an inconclusive result earlier this month. The victory will extend Erdogan's two-decade span in power. And the good news. Investment into solar energy is expected to outpace the funds directed to oil production for the first time in 2023. The International Energy Agency has forecast about 1.7 trillion US dollars will be invested into clean energy this year. Eating disorders are among the most deadly of mental health conditions, with teens at particularly high risk. They're also among the most expensive to treat in the public health system. And yet research shows that eating disorders receive the least amount of mental health funding in Australia. Eating disorders might receive the least amount of funding, like you said, but that area of mental health did receive funding yesterday. Can you talk me through that a bit? Yeah, the federal government made a $70 million announcement yesterday, and that's to fund research and treatment for both mental health in children and eating disorders. One of the organisations that will be benefiting from that funding is called Inside Out. They're a national institute researching treatments for eating disorders in Australia. 
So in this new funding, Mm -hmm. they've been allocated $8 million towards two of their pre-existing initiatives, which we'll get into in the interview. But they'll also have the opportunity to receive a portion of $50 million set aside for research into children's mental health Mm -hmm. on top of that $8 million they'll already be getting. Mm -hmm. So I spoke with the director of the Institute, Dr. Sarah Maguire, about this funding and whether or not it actually goes far enough. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us on the pod this morning. Nina, thanks for having me. You've been working in the realm of eating disorders for a long time. What is it about this space that you find an important place for you to be working in? Yeah, I've been working in the space for 20 years, just over. It was my first job, really. I was really very, very, very struck by the lack of services, you know, when I was growing up and when I was at school, eating disorders were a thing that we all knew about. We all knew friends that that had them. They were everywhere. You know, they were on every second magazine. And so when I transitioned into the health system, I was really shocked at the disparity there, that something that I felt was so talked about at a public level had not translated at all to a system. And something that touches so many people personally. Yeah. And, and it's, it is better now, but, but at the point that I entered, I mean, people were completely desperate. Families were totally devastated and lost and had no options. And, you know, in the case of anorexia nervosa, you were looking at the mental illness that was most likely to kill their kid, you know, and they knew that by then. And yeah, I just, I just felt it was unjust. I think that's why I stayed. When you're talking about eating disorders now, what kind of treatments exist and how easy is it for people to access the care that they need? So we've actually got some strong evidence base that if a person has bulimia nervosa or binge eating disorder or a subclinical version of those, and we get them a reasonably short treatment, like 10 to 20 sessions. Psychology sessions? Yeah, yes. Most of the therapies that have been demonstrated in the evidence for eating disorders are psychological interventions. So for those two illness groups, for bulimia nervosa and binge eating disorder, if you get 10 to 20 sessions fairly early, you know, as early as possible, in the, you will have like almost an 80% chance of recovery. But at the moment, less than 20% of people get those treatments. I would say quite a bit less, actually. So Inside Out has done research and found that despite the prevalence of these disorders and how expensive they can be to treat. They also receive the lowest amount of mental health spending. Why is that the case? The research that we've done is on the mental health research spent of the major mental health categories that were analysed. And trauma isn't in there. Other things like borderline personality disorder and the other personality disorders aren't in there. We're not the only stigmatised, underfunded group, but we've made it onto that list (laughs) of analysis at least. And on that list, we are by far the lowest and perhaps even more concerning, consistently the lowest. It doesn't Mm. change at all. So we did a a statistical analysis on that, which, which detects statistically significant change and all the other illness groups had had change over the 13 years ours just flat lines and I think that's Mm. what we've known in our field for a long time that that research dollar spend is just really hard to budge. And so Inside Out is now going to get some extra funding that was announced yesterday what will that money go towards? Inside Out 
is one of the recipients of the competitive round that was announced yesterday. There was $50 million for a research agenda, I suppose you would say, focusing on children and mental health. I'm glad to hear that eating disorders is part of that conversation because one of the problems in our field has been that we've been off the list of the major mental health funding initiatives often that we're an exclusion criteria or we just weren't included, um, even though we have the men mental illness with the highest mortality rate. So we're very glad to be um, able to compete along with everybody else and all the other pressing needs for that $50 million. Just to step that out a little bit for people. So that $50 million is allocated to do research into children's mental health. And so Inside Out has the opportunity to get some of that funding to, to say, well, what are the areas in, in eating disorders that we can gain more understanding. That's right. Yeah, that 50 million is for competitively funded research. Everyone competes and people who are researchers who specialise in eating disorders will be able to compete too. And so before we talk about the funding that is guaranteed mm -hmm. for Inside Out, what are the questions about young people and children with eating disorders that you would hope to be able to explore with that type of funding? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's a question for a nation of researchers to answer. But I will say that last year, Australia voted on the top 10 research priorities for eating disorders and a bunch of those in there relate to, to young people. One of the things that families and carers put on that top 10 list was about GPs and how can we improve and change that interaction at the GP um, coalface. Some of the funding we received yesterday speaks to that. I can talk about that in a minute. We we know a fair bit about risk factors, but we don't really understand the full picture of what causes eating disorders. We had some very promising genetic findings come out a few years ago, but the way science funding works is that they don't ever really like to fund the same thing twice. So when it's a really big thing like genetic samples where you need hundreds of thousands of samples, those sorts of questions need to be asked. We understand how to prevent body image. We're less sure about preventing actual eating disorders, particularly in young people. A lot of the prevention work has been done at university, which I think, well, is that where we're trying to prevent? Or could we get down a lot earlier? So there's a lot of really important prevention work to be done. We've got one treatment for our kids with anorexia nervosa. A lot of families find that brutal uh, there are people for whom it isn't suitable. We don't have another alternative. We really need to be researching treatments as well. Okay, so we've talked about potential for more research. Let's talk about the money that is guaranteed for Inside Out. There's $8 million. What will that money do? Yeah. So we had two things that were funded. One is our GP tool. So it's basically a tool that tries to work with GPs in the way that they practice in their practices. People talk a lot about GPs needing training. That's probably true. I mean, but GPs are actually really well trained. And I think we don't talk enough about how do we support them to be able to do the things that the health system sort of requires of them, if you like, in this particular situation. And for eating disorders, what we really need to try to impact is how many people get that diagnosis early. So we've tried to design a tool that gives the GP the right information at the right time in the ways they're used to practicing. So they don't have to go out looking for, you know, reams of information across reams of websites. So they know who to refer on to as well. That's right. So that they can diagnose and then create a, a sort of care team around that person. That's right. And the other really important thing about this tool and the other one that were funded is that they are to be implemented in rural and regional areas and metropolitan areas. And they should have the same impact or the same capacity for impact for people in rural and regional settings as they should in 
in metro settings. We've got to stop designing models of care that only work in one very well-funded, highly populated area, you know. And then the other thing that we got funding for is our e-clinic. So we've been developing an e-clinic for oh, a very long time now, about seven years. It's been a long road. And we've been trying to think about how busy all of the clinicians in the health system are, how hard it is for them to get the training that they need to feel confident in delivering that training, how hard it is for people with an eating disorder to receive the evidence base. So we tried to standardise and put on a digital platform all the parts of therapy that we think can be delivered well over a digital platform. That is not all of therapy. You still need clinicians, you still need community teams, you still need a multidisciplinary team. But after four trials, what we've been able to demonstrate with these four and 10 session e-therapy programs is that you can create really significant clinical change. In fact, for quite a few people, total remission um, using these wow. digital therapies, either supported by a clinician or as a pure self-help. And we're able to do a limited national rollout of that, which will be fantastic. So today, I think we've briefly touched on some very complex issues that you know we could discuss for years and not capture all of the nuance and complexity. We've also spoken about that challenge historically in getting adequate funding. So I guess to end this conversation, I want to put to you this $70 million that we heard pledged this week from government. Does it come close to filling the gap that eating disorders have historically faced in terms of getting that funding? Yeah, well, the $70 million is 20 for eating disorders and 50 for mental health. It's wonderful in a really tight fiscal environment with a really tight budget to see any money towards high priority areas, you know, and, and cl certainly clinical groups that have been overlooked. Does it meet the need? Well, of course not. Nowhere near it. It's going to take time and consistent investment to start to bring equity to the situation. Sarah, thank you so much for your time on a really busy morning. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Nina, for having us. We really appreciate you covering it. If today's episode raised anything for you and you need to talk to someone, you can call the Butterfly Foundation helpline on 1800 334 673. Thank you for joining us today on The Daily Oz. If you learned something from today's episode, don't forget to leave a review and we'll be back again tomorrow. Have a great day. Listener.